The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What's up, guys? Kel Charles May Murray here, and you are listening to Girls Talking Boys in partnership with SB Nation. As always, hello. Happy Friday, everybody. Um, you know, with the Panthers this week, we decided we not needed to bring on a friend who knows anything about the Panthers. So we, we have Kat Terrell here, our fave. Our fave. Our <laughs> friend of the show, Kat Terrell, ESPN's one and only Kat Terrell. KT, welcome back. I love how you just said that knows anything about the Panthers. Yeah. Like, just, like I don't really want to talk about them that much, but I do want to talk about that division. <laughs> that's fair. Like, that's basically where the Panthers are these days. Yeah. <laughs> One win. In that plays sometimes, and Andy <laughs> plays for them sometimes. Yeah. Like... It's more like, what is there to talk about the Panthers? So we wanted to bring one of our favorite friends who's just going to be fun and entertaining and knows all about football things on the show. And it's an excuse to hang out and not bore you guys with strictly Panthers content is mainly what it is. <laughs> and I am excited to be here. Real week. It's going to be great. To be yeah, here. she's on a bye week, so she's got extra time for us today. We're going to, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> No, so uh, for you guys, actually, that's a good call out. So um, our uh, NFC fans, uh, Kat is with ESPN and she covers the Saints, but obviously um, the Saints have played Carolina and it's kind of like your job to know a little bit about everything in general, I feel like too. So um, that's kind of, again, the premise of the whole conversation. (laughs) But now that we've sufficiently set that up. Should I do it again? Should I reword it? I will. I'll find six different ways to say the same thing. You mean introduce <laughs> you one more time, KT? I'll find out some way to introduce you about like with your Mardi Gras personality or something like that. Like that I actually love that. 
that feels more appropriate. Like I should add a lot more color commentary to the conversation and go that route instead. As I hold a paintbrush, none of you can see this, but I'm holding a paintbrush, waving it around wildly on said show right now. We're starting off with a bang, kids. Welcome to. She's it. really painting you a picture. If you think, hey, she's preparing for her Mardi Gras costume in a few months. I actually um, need to book that with you guys. Like, I need to figure out what the plans are this year because. Um, my boyfriend has never been to Mardi Gras and I feel like he needs to experience it. And I just think that he's, do thing. you think that he would like it? Well, he doesn't drink. So right. that's a big thing. So there's many other things to do. Of course. To enjoy Mardi Gras. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, it's just like a massive, like cultural event. So I feel like he'll probably enjoy like maybe two days of it because it's just such, he's an artsy kind of guy. Like he's from Woodstock. And so I just feel like that's like kind of like in his vibe anyways, where, you know, weirdness is just naturally accepted. Um, yeah. But like, I definitely think that, you know, if he's, he doesn't, probably have the stamina that all of us have to go like five days and by all of us I mean you two where it's like I'll go and I'll be like I'm here for the long weekend and then they're like we'll be there for five days and I'm like nope I will die I will die be fair I kind of just like left Meg in my house and like left the country like literally <laughs> you, not, you went to like the other side of the world <laughs> I was like, all right, we well, all have fun. The rest of Mardi Gras, like, I'm going to go hang out in Singapore for a few days. She uh, left us a king cake, so. Oh, I, no one ate it. I do remember. What? I do. I had to toil away to get that king cake and no one ate it. Bro. Except, I had a piece. It was good. Uh, I don't know if it was waiting in line. For those that don't, like, haven't been to Mardi Gras, there's, like, certain king cake places where people just wait in line for at ungodly hours to get like a cake like I mean basically just like sugar and bread I guess that is what a cake is right but <laughs> that is what a cake is special uh, it has I mean, a baby inside <laughs> but not at a crazy hour I just went at like 4 p.m yeah Smart. yeah it's um honestly I king cake is one of my favorite things what's what are the locations is this a trade secret because I know like Dave's mom has sent Meg and I a cake before, and now I need to get one because I that just like sounds amazing. But are we allowed to talk about the brands that are the best ones before we talk about football? Because this just feels like priority. Obviously, I just can't tell people where I specifically got it because I found a shop that like sells all that like, gets all the best brands somehow and like sells them all that day. So like Things smarter, not harder. Yeah, they'll tell you like what they have. And as long as you line up in time, you can get whatever you want. But I mean, I'm always down to talk best king cakes. Well, okay. Rank your top three. Um, well, Randazzo's obviously is number one. Um, Dong Fong is number two. Number three. I don't Isn't know that the one that we got? Was, was Dong Fong? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's hard. I don't... Mm. Just if not grocery store king cake, like not Rouse's, not Walmart, like anything, any king cake from a grocery store is like, it's a no-go for the it's most part. Good. Automatic mid situation. Honestly, they do have the sucro ones at I the airport and those will suffice. I was about to say sucre is number three, actually. Um, so yeah, they have them in the airport. You know that. Yeah. Well, you know that I can three minutes before my plane boards, so. 
I did that recently for the first time, and I was like, "This yeah. is what cat <laughs> does all the all the time." The only I've only time. The no. <laughs> the only time I'll do that is when I'm flying JSX. When you literally, if you get there any more than 15 minutes before your flight takes off, then you're just sitting there like bored out of your mind because it's like the best experience ever. Otherwise, I'm there like 90 minutes prior, like at minimum. I wasn't expecting the um, World Series parade to take almost three hours to get home from. So, oh wow, that was my bad. If <laughs> <laughs> you went and you weren't stuck in traffic, yeah, we, we were stuck in traffic. Traffic not so bad <laughs> for three hours from Arlington to Dallas. That's, That's actually, you know what? No, it wasn't even that. It was in the parking lot. That's <laughs> yeah, like Taylor Swift. It was worse. <laughs> That's a parking lot. Believe me or not. Plus, I was not intoxicated. So even worse. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. (laughs) And I made it to the airport just when they started boarding. (laughs) I mean, that's perfect timing. That's what I did on Monday. It was was great. You're wild. Well, um, I'm gonna keep things wild and I wanna talk. I want to talk, um, since you're on bye week, we'll pretend like you're not always focused on the Saints. Um, but, you know, I think there's not a lot of good things going on in Carolina. And you guys, um, when the Saints played them back in September, were able to edge out the victory and keep them on their losing streak. But it didn't seem like it was like that. Kind of was a close game. Um can you give us some insight, you know, into who this Panthers team is and what this Cowboys team can expect? Yeah, I what honestly blows my mind is how the Panthers beat the Texans. Um, Yo. Very surprising to me. Maybe because the, the Texans, I feel like they get better every week. But also so. that in itself is a, is a surprising, like what? Okay, but keep going. Yeah, no kidding. Like the Texans have turned totally turned their fortunes around and they're really exciting to watch now. And I think that's what the Panthers want to be, but they're not gonna, they're not going to be there this year. And I mean, when they came to the season, it was kind of known that this was going to be tough. They have a young quarterback, especially when the Saints played him in week two. Um, he really struggled. And I think that was to be expected. Um, there's a lot of young quarterbacks that have played this year. Um, probably, Maybe more than any other year, there's some statistics about how many rookie quarterbacks and how many backup quarterbacks have played this year. And it's kind of astounding. Uh, the Saints are actually, I don't think the Saints count because Jameis Winston hasn't started a game, but you know, their quarterback has gotten hurt twice. Like it's, it's crazy. Uh, but the, Pan- the Panthers, the Panthers aren't going to score a lot. I think you can see that just looking at their last two games. I think yeah. they'll still give a death. That was kind of how the Saints game went. Um, they basically field gold each other to death. And then the Saints backup running back, who was on coming off the practice squad at the time and is not even on the team anymore, managed to score some touchdowns. It was such a weird game. But really, you know, the key is just make Bryce Young uncomfortable. The Saints sacked him four times. 
make him uncomfortable. He's probably kind of settled in at this point, second half of the season. But, I mean, you pressure him a lot, force him to make mistakes. That's probably how you win the game. I think it's going to be a tough, tough sledding for the Panthers against Cowboys this week. Yeah. How's his O-line? How's the what? His O-line. Are they any good? Well, they definitely weren't in week two. This uh, allowing four sacks. I don't really know how they are at this point, but the Panthers haven't really played great teams the last two weeks and they still lost. So that's a good question though. Now I'm curious, like where they rank in terms of allowing sacks. I need to look that up. I mean, I was looking at um, Twitter and apparently their GM um were kind of all on focus on the O-line and the D-line drills at practice today because for obvious reasons with this Cowboys team and their their capabilities, making sure that your rookie quarterback is not going to get killed is probably going to be their priority. I really feel like this team is in the in the throes of counting little victories where it's less of winning games at this point and more of, you know, celebrating the wins throughout the game, which would be not allowing your quarterback to get absolutely obliterated by the likes of a Micah Parsons, et cetera, et cetera. And it seems as though bringing out the big guns. I mean, you literally had the GM, the AGM, the head coach, senior defensive assistant, um, according to Mike K, which he's great. He used to cover the Eagles and he's been on our show before, but he um, was tweeting about it. And I was like, Dang, like they are definitely, I mean, they also, the Panthers released their starting guard, Calvin Throckmorton. So it's just like, I don't, yeah, like it's, I mean, I feel like there's nothing positive to say about it, but there's definitely a lot of people with eyes on the situation. How's that? (laughs) I mean, if you want the um, actual sack numbers, they've allowed 32 sacks and that ranks fifth in the league. Um, so that's tough. I mean, like you said, that's tough. You and they do have to basically celebrate any when they can because when you have this rookie quarterback, you don't want to destroy his confidence. And that is such a tough thing to do, especially like you said, as you're going if you're going up against a really good game team, I can't talk, a really good team in the Cowboys, and they've already had so many losses and so many tough games for him. I mean, they had to bench him earlier in the season and I know part of that was the injury but I think also part of it was like let's let him take a step back for a minute let's let Andy Dalton play like he can kind of watch from the sidelines and then you know that didn't last long but sometimes you have to do that rather than just like keep throwing this rookie into the fire and hoping that his confidence is still there when it's all said and done yeah I mean I'd be worried about that like that's damaging in itself And then you think about, like, I'm just reading some stats on them. Luckily, they will have a little bit more rest. (laughs) I'm just going full silver linings for this team right now. Sorry, guys. But they (laughs) they played a Thursday night game against the Bears. Obviously, they still lost. Um, But their lone trip to the end zone came on a punt return. Like, that is so bad. Like, that is really rough. And you talk about mentality for a quarterback, let alone a rookie quarterback. I mean, I feel like there's such a learning curve in general with quarterbacks coming into the league. It just always is that way. 
but when there's when that just must be so defeating and then to face you know the Cowboys are on a roll like they've they've stumbled a little bit but they're still six and three and you know they're they're killing it right now and I just would be incredibly concerned if I was on that Panthers team yeah that Bears game Bryce Young was 21 of 38 185 yards three sacks no touchdowns oh what was his PBR like uh 68.4 but actually Bajant wasn't much better I mean I think that's why That, that game was a cluster yeah I think I just like zoned out of that game I'm, I'm looking at the stats and i was like yeah i don't think i finished watching this um but- I, knew I was at dinner but i was like oh god every time i looked up um <clears throat> what do you uh think about a lot of people using the troy aikman comparison to help him feel better <laughs> i've i've not heard that um he won one game in his rookie season <laughs> I, well i mean <laughs> I'm sorry. You're like, you could go win three Super Bowls. <laughs> Thinking about it. I mean, it's it's just, it's hard to like know. It, it's hard to make that comparison when you don't know how the team is set up for the future. That's why I had to think about it for a second. It's like, okay, what do the Panthers have going for them? Um, You know, I guess their defense hasn't been terrible. I mean, so that's kind of a plus, but they're going to need to get more weapons for young. I mean, it's not like all everyone, like I said, everyone knew this was going to be a tough road this season. Maybe not as tough as it has been, but just because it's bad now doesn't mean it's going to stay that way. So I understand why people would, would make that comparison um, because there's plenty of quarterbacks that that first season was so rough because there's a reason like why it's tough. They not everyone can be a proud boy, you know? Well, and the team had a lot of problems to be at the front of the draft unless you happen to like luck out and make a great trade or whatever. And whoever you traded with was at the top of the draft the next year. Most of the time, it's a team with a lot of issues and it's going to take a while to fix them. Um, I actually thought the Falcons, maybe not to this extent, like they had a lot of issues going into last season. They kind of outplayed what people thought they would do and they haven't really progressed. They're still kind of sitting in the same middle of the road area they were last year. But um, sometimes it happens fast. You get the right quarterback and you turn around immediately. I mean, look at the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Yeah. Uh, shout yeah. Out. Um, <laughs> sometimes it, it just, they don't move forward. So I guess time will tell. Isn't, that. isn't there a former LSU, wasn't the former, wasn't the quarterbacks coach over at the Panthers for a hot minute? Joe. Joe. Oh, Joe Brady? Yeah. Well, Joe Brady is now the new offensive coordinator of the Bills as of yesterday. I think he was yeah. with the Panthers for a year. Yeah. A lot of people have fired. He was, yeah, he got fired before Rule did, right? I think I think so. I mean, that's yeah. usually how it goes. Like, the coordinator gets fired first, and then... We're going to blame you first, and then we're going to yeah. go from there. Yeah. He, yeah, he, that was a... 2020 2021 season yeah that long ago so yeah now he's a new offensive coordinator damn that's awesome congrats to him on that i mean buffalo is tragic in terms of a town sorry but like the wings are seems a little bit tragic right now too (laughs) i haven't actually been to buffalo so it's it's one of the few places i don't have an opinion on 
I'm honestly disappointed myself because I was in Buffalo and I ate the wings. So that was one thing, but I didn't go by the stadium and that feels like a crime. I don't even know where it is. Like I could be saying that and it's like not even in the vicinity, but who knows? I mean, their fan base is intense. So I'm sure a game there is really fun. Oh yeah. I would love to go to a game. This, this one, uh, we are playing them in a few weeks, and that was circled on a lot of people's calendars. But when I saw the date, I was like, there's just no way. Oh, because it's going to be cold as hell? Yeah, I can't handle it. No, dude, that's like... Been- you what? It's my big coat. You'll be okay. Oh, bro. I'd love to go to a season opener there where I have no stake in the game. Yeah. I'll jump on a table. <laughs> maybe that's what we should do. Just like a do an undercover tour. Like maybe every bye week uh for KT, like we just go on like a random trip to another team that we have no vested interest in, just for the sake of like going and like observing, but then like casually getting invested just for one day for the like just for fun. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is extremely random. Go, wait, Kat, you go first. (laughs) All right, I was just going to say, I haven't gone to an NFL game as a fan since the 2010 season, so... um, It would be fun. Do it. I go. It's extremely random, but there's these girls on TikTok that um, every week they choose a different team to be fans of, and that's their way of, like, they're, they're, like, dating apps suck. We're just going to go to, like, whatever bar is the fan base there, and then... They've just now they're viral and I love that for them. So even if they don't find a man, make that money, sisters. No, I, I, they're sick that it works. Should I I should, yeah. should I try that? I, I don't think that would work for me. Because <laughs> I don't think that you could um first of all, they don't know anything about football. So that's mm. a problem right there. You'd just be like, I can't, I simply can't root for this idiot over here. Like <laughs> Sometimes I pretend like I don't know anything about football. It takes them to figure it out. Yeah, you're uh, just like, let's see if they can dig themselves into a hole. Oh, it's one. It's I love it. It's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, speaking of digging ourselves into holes, it feels like the Cowboys are always a part of the rumor mill. But for the sake of um, just having fun, there is a bit of a rumor mill going on around um, the potential of adding in offensive coordinator Bill O'Brien to the Panthers, um, maybe connecting him and helping him build up Bryce Young. Frank Reich just took back over play calling duties. Oh, you know, I know that Bill O'Brien obviously left and didn't have success as the head coach, but then 
went into the uh, Nick Saban slash um, Bill Belichick rehab program and is back in the mix. And so um, I guess athletics, Diana Rossini uh, was the one that floated that. Do we feel like that's actually viable or are we thinking like this is just fodder because it's midseason and the Panthers are just really in such a tough place? Like we are just throwing potential random solutions against the wall. Where's Ben McAdoo when you need him? No kidding. Consultant How extraordinaire. Patriots. I oh, like as a head coach, like adding Bill O'Brien, like as a head coach or like just like no. an assistant? No. It's as just, a consultant? Yeah. Classic. It's it's basically New England possibly cleaning house this offseason and his relationship. Oh, with, so this would be later? Yeah. Yeah. Like Bill okay. O'Brien worked with Bryce. Young at Alabama, obviously, when he went through the Nick Saban rehab program, um, bring your career back to life, resuscitation methods. So Patriots, let's say hypothetically, they clean house. Then you could reunite Bill O'Brien and try to find that spark. Do you feel like there's like anything to that? Or is this just like, again, we're so bored out of our minds, we're throwing ish against the wall season? Well, usually if that's floated out there, there's a reason why certain names get floated out. I mean, it's interesting. Um, I don't know how much of a sell it's going to be after Mac Jones hasn't progressed at all this season. Uh, but, I mean, you like you said, if it's worked on, with him before, maybe. I mean, that's that's interesting. I just think coming off a season where Mac Jones appears to have taken a step back, it's kind of like, hmm. Is that the best person to help Bryce Young? Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of interesting. I love, I love talking theories. But what's love a theory. Well, I mean, you are a Taylor Swift fan, so I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but I was going to say, you know, we're getting close to the end of the year. And, you know, the playoff picture is starting to form. You're down there in the NFC South. So give us kind of an idea of like how everything's going down there and how you think it's all going to shake out come playoff time. Jake. Well, the NFC South is a mess. <laughs> I describe it. It it has not gotten any better than last year. Um, yeah. Three teams could win. I mean, obviously the Panthers are out of it at this point, um, but it, it really right now, I mean, it's up for grabs between the Bucks, the Falcons, and the Saints. I think that it'll probably go all the way down to week 17 or 18 to decide who's going to win. Uh, the Saints have had an extremely easy schedule and haven't taken advantage of it. Uh, they still have a couple of easy games coming up, the Giants being one of them. They play the Falcons next week. Um, I, I mean, the Bucks are probably the favorite to win, but... I mean, the Saints are the division leader right now, and that kind of tells you a lot. They're all kind of just middle-of-the-pack teams. So it's I was actually talking to someone about this the other day. It's like the old NFC East where it's like – I was just about to say that, where they're like trash cans chasing each other yeah. to the bottom, like so bad. <laughs> like so that, sorry. A gift of that dumpster fire just yeah. floating down the river. <laughs> Dude, yes. It was like that couple of years where everyone was trying to win and you're like, what are you doing? Like, what are we doing? Oh my God. Yeah. And we used to make fun of those divisions and I feel like people still do, but now that there's a, a, an extra game, like uh, this is probably more likely to happen. 
And uh, I'll see you. The dog's distracting me. So <laughs> I'm sorry. My dog's <laughs> laying on the table in my lap while I record snoring as we are recording this podcast. Shut up, though. Um, but yeah, I mean, seriously, it's like who actually wants to win this division? And no one is really uh, making any strides to do that. And so uh, that's okay as long as you're not boring. But I, I can't say that any of these teams aren't boring right now. Like if you think of the NFC South, you're not actively watching it. There's, you probably don't have much to say about it versus What's- the NFC East. I'm sure people have a ton to say about it, but because those those teams are all interesting. But uh, well, I wouldn't say all interesting. Oh. The Giants are pretty terrible. They're but at least they have a terrible. That's true. They do have a a guy with a fun name, so that's been really exciting for people. <laughs> well, and then they have a quarterback who said his mom still aches his bed. So oh, yeah. that's excuse me, I missed that. You missed that? You missed that. That was like the big story the other day. Who was that? Tommy DeVito, mama's boy. Oh, come on, bro. I know. Some things don't need to be said. Does he have a girlfriend? Not anymore. (laughs) That man is single. That is some big single energy. Like, who is attracted to that where they're like, oh, don't worry, baby. Like, I'll make your bed for you. Like, I'll save you from your mommy's grip. Like, what? That's not well. He said he still lives with his parents and like, that's fine. You know, with the, with NFL players, they move around a lot. So no, like not a huge deal there. He's 25. Then he kept going. And then he said his mom makes his bed and like cook some chicken cutlets every day. And I was just like, okay, say, say less, like not needed. Just like Patrick Mahomes the other day did not need to tell Peyton and Eli Manning that he wears the same pair of underwear for every oh, single day. That's some- sick. I'm like, do you think that was that was like him doing that because he's like superstitious? Or do you think he's just messing with us? Like, is this a chicken like he, where I'm like you can't actually? That's not real. He washes them, right? No, he says he doesn't wash them. He right. said he does, he does, unless um, they're winning. And then uh, you know what? I didn't think about that it is too much. So vile, like as my as a as you guys know, I used to date an equipment manager. I was fully unaware until I dated him. These grown men will sometimes pee their pants. Sorry, people, but this is real. They'll pee themselves on the field so they don't leave the field to go to the bathroom. I'm just like, what in the world? Like, that's a real thing. Yeah, that's real. So I'm sure these listeners are excited to hear about that, but I'm sorry. Common, they'll just put a towel around them and then they'll just like pee their pants or on the sideline. Yeah. And like throw some water on it. Like, I'm just like, that's yes. vile. The pictures that his wife takes after the game, I'm going to think about how rank his underwear probably is. <laughs> so, like, I just, and I didn't need to think that. <laughs> I never wanted to consider Patrick Mahomes' bathroom habits, but here I am working through the scenarios in my mind. I'm like, hopefully he has a really large bladder and he's never had to do that before because what if you win and you had to like pee your pants on the sidelines at the same time and then you were like, oh, I can't, I, these are my lucky pee pants. Like, no, like, no. You're going to be a rash. That's disgusting. <laughs> They're, <laughs> the team doctor is school so that's <laughs> he lives by 
Yeah. Always, always something going on. Men are disgusting. Like that's you really get from this. Men, you are gross, and I'm sorry to say it. I love I'm you, not. but you, I are, don't. you are nasty. This is so sick. I don't even know where we're going with this. I really do need to know though, <laughs> getting us back on track about something less hopefully vile. Um, Sean Payton, I do want to know what it's like because I'm curious on Dallas Cowboys tangent topics, which for whatever reason, we all know why, but Sean Payton always seems to, you know, live in that realm. What's it been like in the post Sean Payton era um, covering the Saints? Because you obviously were there for a really long time when he was there. And um, now I just can imagine it's just wildly different. Um, I mean, it is, you know, the biggest thing is, um, I, I don't get yelled at as much for asking about injured players. So that's exciting development in my life. I'm very happy for that. Yep. Positive. I think you don't it, get yelled at for doing your job, big wins. Well, I mean, that still happens, but you know, <laughs> different vibe, but you know, Peyton is one of those, uh, coaches that controls everything. You know, Peyton was so detail oriented. He, there was once a story about, I think that he, he didn't like the way that <laughs> managers were folding shirts and, you know, he went in there and started refolding him himself. And it, it's because, you know, every detail mattered to him and not every coach is like that. I think, I mean, I think the really, really good ones are, uh, maybe not to that extent, but I'm sure Bill Belichick is like that. You know, every, there's nothing that escapes, I guess, their eyes. And so it, it's just interesting. I don't know how to explain it. it. It's just the very different vibe. But for the Saints in particular, it's not just Sean. You know, it was Sean and Drew Brees for so long. Then all of a sudden, it's Dennis Allen and Trevor Simeon and Andy Dalton and Jameis Winston and Derek Carr and Ian Book. And, well, yeah. Ian Book may have still been when Sean was there. But, you know, it, it just like they went from having the Hall of Fame coach, Hall of Fame quarterback who ran everything to a team that's still trying to figure out its identity post these two legends. And uh, that's hard to do. So definitely a different vibe these days uh, in new Orleans, but uh, it's interesting. Can you hear my dog snoring? I can't. No, no but I want to. <laughs> like he's just sitting here snoring in the screen. Like I can't the, hear him. the audacity of this pup. This is actually a really good story. Thank you so much for your participation. No, that must be wild. Like, you know, I was thinking the other day, like I was watching Fox and I saw Jason Garrett um, on there. And I was just thinking about obviously just the different phases when you're around a team long enough for them to switch um, rain, if you will. It, it's definitely an interesting when you, when you, you know, turn the page, if you will. And, I definitely noticed the difference in sentiments between Mike McCarthy and, um, you know, Jason Garrett, but I can imagine it was way more drastic with a guy like a Peyton there kind of like, I bet the Cowboys equivalent was probably when Bill Parcells left, you know, Parcells disciple. So that's probably spot on a hundred percent. Like it had to have been something similar where it's just like the culture, like honestly almost must feel for lack of a better way of saying it, like boring because you're like, you're you're like where is all the highs and the lows like it just must i mean they're they still exist but it just must feel so different 
Well, they went from being, and I was actually talking to another reporter about this earlier. They went from being this innovative offense that was always pushing the boundaries of what a, a team could do. Anyone that watched them in 2011, just scoring, scoring, scoring. I mean, they were setting record after record. And now they're more of a defensive-oriented team that has trouble figuring out the offense and is still kind of maybe hasn't evolved. They're not they're not really evolving offensively anymore. And it's weird to watch that after, you know, I watched the Saints for 10 years um, just pushing the boundaries. And, you know, you'd watch Drew Brees with the ball in his hands with two minutes left and you'd feel 90% confident he was either going to score or march the team down to give him a shot. And there hasn't really been that confident feeling since he left. And I think that's what happens when you try to transition away from a Hall of Fame quarterback. It's the same thing with Patriots. Like, they're trying to find out who, how they move forward without Tom Brady. And it's been years, and they still haven't been able to do it. So it's uh, it's always interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> I was just kind of looking at um, some of these quarterbacks that have been recent draft picks, and it feels like, you know, obviously – CJ Stroud is proving to be the anomaly um, as of late, but there's been, at least in my opinion, a struggle for recent draft picks in the quarterback position to find their footing in the league. It's felt like you've gotten more of your like dark horse candidates that have taken over, or I don't know, like I just, I, I am not, I don't feel like it's, it's been a lot more difficult. It feels like for these guys that are quarterbacks to find their ground and find their footing in the league versus coming from college. Like, am I wrong in saying that? But I just feel like I've been super underwhelmed by recent draft classes. Yeah. I mean, I think that part of that is just, I mean, I'm looking it up right now on Wikipedia, actually, um, just to jog my memory. And there just hasn't been a slam dunk quarterback so you maybe Stroud will be that guy, but since who, who, what were you about to say? Sorry. I said since Joe Burrow is probably the last one I can think of. That's what I was thinking, but I was also going to say Trevor Lawrence. Like, Yeah, he's just a specimen. Yeah, I just – you're just like, when is his team going to make that leap too? But – Well, that's 2020. Even like Trevor Lawrence, it's like – it's like his team, you know, obviously Joe Burrow's had a lot more immediate success than any other, you know, younger quarterback, at least. Maybe what? you just need to let your quarterback, like once you draft him in the first round, just be like, all right, pick your weapon. <laughs> no kidding. Maybe that is the key. Like, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> God, I forgot about that, man. Like, I forgot that they were like, would you rather have someone to throw to or to protect you? And he was like, give me my friend to throw to. Not that his friend is anything to laugh at. Like, let me, like, that's a very unfair way of framing it. But I'm going to frame it like that anyways for the sake of the story. <laughs> Bring me my boy. In the Bengals, not everyone. It was very mixed. But like a lot of people were trash with the Bengals. Like, why would you draft a wide receiver this high? I was yeah. like, well, someone who was at the national championship game, uh, like, let me refer back to um, 2019. Actually okay with the situation. I have uh, heard of it. Uh, <laughs> well, I guess I need to ask one final question, unless you have more, Meg, because um, I think we all know how this uh, Cowboys and Carolina game is going to go. But um, 
where realistically do you feel like the the Panthers are dropping off so much that this 10 and a half point um, spread is not generous enough for the Panthers because they're averaging 17 points. And I don't know, it, especially when it comes to facing this Cowboys defense. I, if, if, if this Cowboys team comes out and plays their best capabilities, I feel like that could even be hard, especially based on just like what they put out on the field last week. Like, mercy. Yeah, I mean, I normally I would say no because blowouts in the NFL are so hard to do versus college. But when you're looking at some of the games that Panthers have played this year, anytime they go up against a decent team, um, it's been rough. You know, they allowed the Lions had 42 points, the Dolphins had 42 points. That was before their bye. It's been a little tamer since then, but they've also played the Colts and they've played the Bears and you know, very big gap between those teams. But <laughs> Vegas always knows, right? Maybe they know something we don't. <clears throat> they're like, yeah, the running game's gonna decide it all and they're good they have a good run defense. I don't know. I could definitely see that happening. I mean, I think it's a it's a bad matchup for the Panthers. Yeah, well, if you can't run, you can always throw to CD Lamb. So we <laughs> <laughs> have that. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I just think it's wild that we live in a world where we're like, yeah, you know, the Houston Texans and the Detroit Lions are good. So can yeah. I just state for the record how much the Detroit Lions like good for them? No, I don't want the Houston Texans to be good. <laughs> Bro, I know, and the only I hate it. Yeah, I'm, I'm only okay with it if Dalton no. Schultz is the only person that catches footballs. That's it. I love him, and I hope that he is so successful. But I don't want them to do anything good. <laughs> You're like, but ba- basically, just don't. <laughs> That's why I'm like, look, I'll admit C.J. Stroud is awesome, but stop it. <laughs> How I feel about the University of Florida. Oh. Maybe more than Bama because I just accepted a long time ago that Alabama is going to be good at football versus, you know, Florida, who gave up 700 yards of offense to LSU the other night. Not that we're talking college football or anything. It's one of the. We can't not on this show, though. That's kind the of. The really funny. annoying one, though, is Ole Miss. Florida oh, got yeah. butts kicked. Oh, that's so. much better. That's a much better analogy. I, yeah, you don't want anything good to happen. Exactly. To Ole Miss, Houston Texans, shake hands. You mean the future head coach of Texas A&M, Lane Kiffin? Oh, that my. was funny. <laughs> I do not know that at all, obviously. I just saw that. Start a whole rumor. And I'm just like, listen, <laughs> all I need is for his dog, whatever his dog, Juice, his dog Juice, to be besties with Reveille. Like, you know that Lane Kiffin would come in there and be like, well, my dog's going to play with your dog. Like, we don't, like, let's go. Like, my dog. There's no way Reveille is socialized with other dogs. Yeah, is Reveille allowed to play with other dogs? I just don't think so, but I feel like that Lane Kiffin in the building would change that, and it might be the content that the entire world needs. Like, I'm just saying, that's what we might. Don't let him loose in Northgate. (laughs) (laughs) all right guys well thanks so much for joining us we do appreciate you kt for coming on 
Um, please tell the good people where to find you and what amazing content you are working on as of late. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at cat underscore Terrell. I'm always going to call it Twitter, by the way, um, or ESPN.com for Saints and NFC South coverage and maybe occasionally some other things. I, I got an interesting story coming up hopefully next week. Ooh. General NFL Intriguing. stuff. Let's go. We love to hear that. Please send the link when you have it. Um, all right. Well, definitely do as she says, please. And thank you. Also make sure you're subscribed to the blog and the boys podcast, wherever you get your podcast, whether it's Spotify, Apple, iTunes, or Stitcher, come hang out with Meg and I on social media. We are also on Twitter. We're calling it that. Sorry, Elon. It is what it is. I'm at Kelsey underscore Charles. And I'm also on Instagram at Hey Kelsey Charles. And Megan is at Meg Murray with four R's on everything. Um, uh, guys, there's some really important words that we like to leave you guys with. And I know that KT is a very unbiased and upstanding member of our national football media organizations, but we're going to go ahead and be biased as hell because that's what we do on this show. And we're going to leave you with some really important words. And Megan, those are Dallas forever, Philly for never. Also Houston, you can just fall into the ocean. It's okay. Sorry. I'll saw you off myself. Yeah. Not the horns, but you specifically. Um, Bye guys. (laughs) 